Pull up a bar stool. Hey there. Got some stuff to talk to you about today. We're going to cover the full gamut here. Um, talk a little bit about how you message people to get what you want. Maybe how not to. But also how not to handle people who do it in, inappropriately. Oh, I might have screwed that one up a little bit. Um, also going to talk about the Facebook video experiment that I just ran. Finally running some Facebook video and some kind of interesting results I'm seeing. Also want to follow up on this workshop, um, new workshop and membership approach that I'm taking and whether it's working. I've got some preliminary numbers on what I'm seeing. You ready for this? I think you are. Pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLoomer.com and John Loomer Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast where each week I invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. This week, what am I working on? You know, I filled up, as, as I've told you before, if, uh, I don't know, I'm like rubbing it in at this point, but we finished the basement, which means we got this <clears throat> nice new wet bar down here and uh, filled the the new fridge, it's like a wine fridge and beer area as well. And so I've got a bunch of new stuff in there. And today, I don't think I've, I've had one of these on the show before. It's a Make My Day Sessions Ale. It's, I don't know if it actually is Clint Eastwood or supposed to be, but it's an old dude, here, uh, old grumpy dude <laughs> with a beer. And uh, it's pretty funny. And it's by Four Noses Brewing Company. Couldn't even tell you where it's at, but it is some pretty good stuff. Let's raise a glass. Cheers. All right, so I want to start off with something, uh, a little learning experience, something I regret a little bit. Not a lot, because it's more in how I handled it. I should have just ignored it, um, which was always a good lesson and probably the best case you know i even talked to was talking to my 13 year old son yesterday about social media and about how i'm careful with how i how i communicate on social media and then of course i was a little bit less careful and i feel like an idiot but so this is what went down um i think it was like last friday um understand i've got a love-hate relationship with twitter i really do like twitter um there's certainly some advantages to it over Facebook in terms of communication and collecting news and info and stuff. So I'm on there a lot. I'm probably even on there more than I'm on Facebook um, in terms of just, you know, uh, seeing what's going on and communicating. But um, anyway, somebody had tweeted me like Friday or so um, with, with the tweet that said only this. Follow back, please. And I got to tell you, that stuff annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> because if you know much about me, which I guess this person didn't, um, I hate that kind of crap. And that's one of the things I hate about Twitter. I have this, this like, I hate the, uh, the numbers padding, the, the team follow back, the fact that you're expected to follow people back. If you don't, then it's rude. And, you know, the people who build their numbers with just auto-following and unfollowing and auto-following and unfollowing and this constant cleanup just to make their numbers look good. 
and it's just expectation that someone will follow you back. And if you ask them to, that they should follow you. And so anyway, I don't know. This guy may have got me in a, a grumpy state of mind. But understand, too, that and I do follow a lot of people back. Um, and I haven't gone through the because I'll, I'll do it like once every few weeks. It's been probably a month and a half or so since the last time I've done it. But um, I do it manually. I don't use any automation. I don't auto unfollow people who don't follow me. And I, but basically, if if you followed me, I'll, I'll kind of look through my recent follows. And if you have interest in Facebook marketing kind of stuff, and you're a person and not a logo, I, I typically follow you back. You know, within reason. There's like if you don't speak English, like I don't. I'm not going to read any of your stuff. Um, if you just look like a bot, I'm not going to follow you or try to avoid that. So, so anyway, this person, it was a brand Twitter account that was for like a golf product, manufacturing product, nothing at all to do with anything I talk about. Okay. And so when they tweet, follow back, please. What would your response be? And I asked my audience on Twitter, what would your response be if you, if you got this? Most people said... I would just ignore it. Most people, or else they said, I'd do nothing, same thing. Um, I think, and someone else said, you know, I'd, I'd be uh, tempted to say something, something sarcastic, but that'd be a waste of time. I'd probably just ignore it. Well, typically I'd ignore it. Now, probably one out of 50 or so, I will respond <laughs> in a similar manner with one word no. And honestly, look, I don't feel too bad about it. Because if you're not going to provide any context to why I should follow, I'm not going to provide any context to why I won't in my response. Because I find it to be incredibly rude to just be like, follow back, please, with the expectation that I know what you want or that because there is so much crap out there. I just have to assume that you're one of the millions out there who are just looking to pad numbers, who just want to say, hey, you know, this person followed me, that person followed me. And yeah, woo. And so I hate that. And if you know anything about me, you know that. So anyway, this person, or it's not even a person, really, it's a brand. They took offense to it. And like, oh, I guess you just lost some business. Ugh. Well, in reality, I don't want to do business with you. And you probably don't want to do business with me because of the way we feel about this very topic. So apparently, he wanted me to follow him so that he could have communication about his page that has all these follow, these fans and I don't know. I don't really do consulting, so I don't know really what he wanted. But that's annoying to me, though. And I'll explain to you why. First of all, other people have asked me to follow them in the past for that very reason. But they are clear about that when they say that in a tweet. Because I think they realize it can otherwise seem very, very rude. Second of all, if you want to communicate with me about business... There are better ways than doing it via DM. You can contact me through my website. You can contact me through my Facebook page. And you're not gonna be limited to under 40 characters, etc. So really, I feel bad in a way. Like I shouldn't have responded at all, really. Because then it set off this kind of firestorm of him being kind of a jerk and I guess me being a jerk too, but you know, whatever. Good, but the truth is, if you want someone to respond to you, you need to provide context. You need to think about the medium in which you are communicating. If they aren't following you, then 
you should probably find a different way to communicate with them, especially one where 140 characters is not the limit. It is also can be very annoying when someone's trying to pitch me on something, which I don't know what you're, you're going to do, maybe. Um, and then they have to do it like in six tweets, right, because of the, the character limit. It's annoying. And also a lot of these business type requests go through my, my business manager to vet them. I have that system for a reason, so I don't have to deal with this crap. So the point being, um, if you want to get something from somebody, if you want to communicate with somebody, understand that they are dedicating their time uh, to respond to you. And you need to make it as easy as possible for them to understand what the value is and what the opportunity is. And don't make it a back and forth of should I follow you back or not so I can have a, a 10 tweet conversation back and forth with you. That may work in the beginning with some people, but as you start working up the dollar signs, people don't have time for that crap. And I don't know, I, I hope that doesn't sound snobby, but that's the way I feel. You should value your time. I feel bad, but I don't. I feel bad mainly just because I responded. I should have just ignored it. And uh, I don't know, I'm curious what you all think and what you would have done. Because at uh, the end of the day, you know, I don't have this all figured out. I'm curious what you would do, too. So why don't you tweet me, huh? At John Loomer. Raise a glass. Cheers. All right, so if you've been on my Facebook page recently, if you've listened to Pubcast recently, you know that last week um, we did a little experiment. I had my, my man Andrew Foxwell on the show, and we're going to be doing this at least once a week. And we had a great show. We had a great show, but... Before we recorded, this is fine, we had to record it twice, which was annoying, but because um, I screwed up, I screwed up. Uh, before we recorded, I was like, you know what? Let's try something different. Let's record a video version. So we'll do this raw, and um, you know, we'll st I'll still submit this audio file to my man Dan, Dan Jost, who will edit it for audio, you know, with adding all the sound effects and all that stuff. But let's also have a video version where it's basically just like, I think we did go-to meeting ultimately. Um, and I did a screen, screen share of it. Um, and so it's kind of boring, I guess, but it, you know, it's us talking to one another and we got our beers and we're hanging out and whatever. It's, it, I, I, anyway, I expected it to be boring that no one would care. But I was like, yeah, why not? Let's experiment with it. So um, first thing that happened was and I was also put on YouTube, by the way. And, I, and while, while I'm talking about this, I'm going to check on YouTube to see what kind of views we've got on it, which last I saw is close to nothing. And my views on YouTube weren't particularly bad in the past. Now, don't get me wrong. I have done very, very little um, uh, in terms of adding new videos there lately. So that could also contribute. But... One of the first things I ran into is like this this podcast episode was much much longer than normal. Like I typically try to be around 30 35 minutes something like that. And um, I tried to just convert that base raw file, no intro, no outro um, into a video and upload it to YouTube and Facebook. Which first of all, as you know, it takes a long time. I mean, you had hours to upload each, upload to each Facebook and YouTube. I mean, like an hour or two to each. So it's a complete pain. It takes up a lot of bandwidth. I don't know. And, but there's a, 
a max in terms of length of video to upload to Facebook of 45 minutes. And otherwise, this thing was going to be 50, 50 or so minutes, and maybe even a little bit over that. So I had to edit it down before I even uploaded the video. So that's the first lesson learned. Um, but yeah, I didn't expect a whole lot just because I was like, who, like whenever anyone asks me about doing video on Facebook, and I really want to get into it. I want to do more of it, but I need to make it easier for myself because I stress out too much about it being perfect. But I'm like, you know, keep it short, 30 seconds, a minute, you know, two minutes max, but get to the point. Well, then I upload this 45 minute video. <laughs> Uh, just and I was like, and I was like, you know, and, and make sure that it's visual and that you use text to, to bring people in, because otherwise it's just talking heads and it's gonna be boring. Well, I broke that rule too. Well, whatever. So what happened? Um, the first thing was, man, this thing got some views, dude. I mean, um, as of this moment, five thousand six hundred seventy-one views. Uh, 20,000 reached total. And I, honestly, I don't care about that number, but 5,671 video views, which means three seconds or more. Now, I did promote it. Um, it wasn't a big part of this. I, I'm spending, I don't know, was it $10 a day, something like that? But I promoted only the desktop because if it was, I was originally, and I still might do this, going to do a mobile version to both uh iOS and Android where we go to diff, where there's a call to action button to go to, to download on iTunes or download on Stitcher, for example. I haven't done that yet. So this one's only going to desktop and my, um, my ad re, uh, received 907 views at a penny per video view. Right, so this all sounds pretty amazing. I'm not saying any of this is gonna be bad. It, it, this is all kind of a learning experience. But a couple things here to keep in mind: um, of the the people who who watched, there's an average view duration of two minutes and twelve seconds. So that's good and bad, right? It's good in that. I mean, a typical video, I always say, thirty seconds, a minute, two minutes max, because you're gonna lose their attention. To keep people watching a video for two minutes and 12 seconds on average is pretty darn good. Not a bad. This was a 45 minute video. <laughs> so most of those people didn't watch the whole thing. Most of, most of the people on average didn't watch a very large chunk of it. Um, in fact, the biggest drop off, which I found really, really weird actually, was at one minute, seven seconds. So that was at 7% basically of the video where we just were talking about we're doing this raw, this is raw, blah. and it boom, drop off. It's crazy. It's kind of funny. Uh, but anyway, we still had, I mean, as far as 39, 40 minutes, like a 1% of people made it to 40 to 40 minutes, and to make it to 44 minutes, just under 1%. So, you know, we're still talking about like 100 or so people who watched the entire thing. Um, ish, I might be doing some bad math there. Um, 30 second views, 1,400 people. Uh, almost 1,300 so far who organically watched it for at least 30 seconds. So that also means that a very large percentage under 30 seconds though. So about 4,000 of the 5,600 um, viewed it for under 30 seconds. Um, so it was interesting. Um, does that make it, make it a, a success or a failure? 
I think it was, I think it was, a, again, this was an experiment. So I would still consider this a success. I would do this again, considering that I'm not doing a lot of video otherwise. I upload it to YouTube, give you a comparison point, upload to video to YouTube. And at this point it has 57 views, which is utterly pathetic. Um, now my more recent videos beyond that, Again, I, I have not uploaded lately. So seven months ago, I have a video that's re received 1,369 views. Now, this video was also embedded on a blog post, which gets a lot of views. Um, I had another one that's from a year ago that has 5,841 views on YouTube. Again, would have been em embedded within a popular blog post. So on average, we're getting somewhere around 5,000 views, though, as I look back for my more recent um, videos. But again, it was partially because it was embedded in a blog post that got a lot of traffic. And in this case, this was not. It was just shared to Facebook. And we're talking about five over 5,000 views in less than a week, as opposed to a year. So successful, yeah. Yeah, I'll consider it successful. Now, what do we learn from this? Um, first is, we could probably do some things to make it more interactive. Now. I think I still, even if I have another 30 to 45 minute uh, podcast, I'll probably do this again. Now, I could potentially do something visual up front, like topics for today's podcast and put it in big bold letters up front. Um, and I also plan to, and this is a good recommendation from a viewer, you can call him a viewer, that um, I could indicate in the notes at what minute point I'm going to talk about each of these topics. Because I, I, I kind of provided bullets, but I didn't say, okay, you can skip ahead to this point in the video to watch this part of it. So I think that would be really helpful as well to, to get people in and watching what they want to watch. So, yeah, I think I'm going to do it again. Um, I'm, I might add a little polish to it going forward. I think uh, what I'm going to do is... I don't, I'm definitely not going to do these solos, I don't think. Make them into video. That's just boring. You want to look at me just staring at the computer screen myself, only myself, talking to myself for a half an hour? I find that boring. Then again, I didn't think people would find it interesting that I, of you know just having a video of me talking to Andrew for 45 minutes either. So who knows? But what I'm planning to do is every other week, I'll have either Andrew or John Robinson, who's my backup CEO, I don't think he even knows I was planning on this yet, but um, on and we'll do a video version, upload it to Facebook, YouTube, do all that stuff, see how it goes. So that's my recent experience with video, but yes, please, experiment, experiment, experiment. Video is getting big. It's overcoming YouTube. I mean, there are reports already of uploads exceeding YouTube, YouTube vid views, um, reaching video view levels on YouTube. Now, certainly the quality of those views are going to be different because we're talking about autoplay on Facebook. Um, we're talking about not necessarily clicking to play the button to view it, and a lot of these are three seconds or whatever. However, you cannot ignore this is growing fast. YouTube's in trouble. And the, the, the future of face uh, a video right now is on Facebook. It just is. And that's just not coming from a fanboy. It's just the truth. All right. So raise a glass to video. Cheers. All right. So that takes us to close to 20 minutes. And I'm definitely not going to do a 45-minute show this week. Um, I got one more topic I want to talk about. 
I've talked about this on several shows uh, in terms of mo- changing my, my model, my business model, and moving away from uh, courses and going towards a membership model. And then to kind of help push that along even more, I was going to kind of replace courses, uh, something that's done static, that is available, you know, can be outdated and all kind of stuff. Replace that with um, workshops every two months. So the first of the month, every two months. So April was the first one I did. And um, but I want to link that to membership. So if you're a member, it would cost twenty dollars for that workshop. If you're a non-member, it'd be one hundred forty-seven. So I want to push you to. I mean, cause clearly, it's a much better deal if you just become a member, even if you just try it out for a month. Um, so it really doesn't even make much sense to just pay the 147 to be honest with you. But I was curious to see what would happen. Um, I was curious to see how many people would cancel, you know, after getting the workshop. But in general, you know, I just I've, I want to dig back to see overall growth as I've started to focus more and more and more on this membership model. So I've got I've got some numbers I want to share with you now. These numbers are incomplete because I, I don't have in front of me, especially prior to January, number of cancellations. You're like so, so some of these numbers like I, I aren't current. Like I'm just I'm just reporting, uh, especially prior to January, how many people are still members who became members in these months. So uh, anyway, just hang with me. So when I launched membership last June. I got 72 quick members. Uh, now, it was way more than that because I did this crazy $1 trial that I'm never going to do again. But uh, So a lot of those people canceled. and um, but, but I had some really cheap prices. So not only could you do the $77 for the first month or, you know, for the, for the month to month, but I had a, a yearly price of like five something and a bunch of people jumped on that very smartly. Uh, but after that, growth was very stagnant. I mean, July, again, this is this is based on current members who joined then. So take that with a grain of salt. But eight members in July, five mem- new members in August, four new members in September, four in October. I clearly made a little push in November, December, where I got 18 in November, 11 in December. But January, only five. So up until this point, you could tell that membership, well, it was important. Um, clearly was not my priority because if I was only getting somewhere between four and 18 new members, and again, not accounting for those who actually canceled since then, um, you know, that's, let's say four and three of them are annual, or excuse me, three of them are month to month. So that'd be like 300 close to, we're talking like somewhere in the neighborhood of $1,000 per month. Um, for you know, for that that month's revenue from that from those new members, which you can't live on. So you know, obviously, you know the the incremental growth every month that's important. But anyway, it was slow growth. So I decided in January, oh, I'm I'm changing. I'm moving towards this new model. So what happened in February? 61 new members. Now a big big part of that you'll recall. I had my I ran my experiment in January and February with the the goal of attracting these people who made it to the end 
bringing them into this um, webinar that was just for them and giving them a deal on membership. 38 of the people who attended that webinar signed up for the Power Hitters Club in this deal I gave them. So that's 38 out of 61 came from that. But still, we're looking at 23 or so, so still ahead of schedule of what we would normally get. Okay, so and nine have since canceled and that that I know is up to date. Nine have since canceled who signed up in February. So nine out of 61. So 52 net. Um, Which is way better than what we were seeing in the past. 52 members. um, I mean, we're looking at geez. um, I'm going to say that just making a guess because usually like it's 20 to 30 percent do annual. So we'll say. 10% 10% are annual, and annual is in neighborhood of anywhere from 700 to, or actually 800 to 1,000. So we'll say that's about $8,000 just for those annuals for, you know, for that single month. And then other 40, we're looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of another 3,000 for that single month. So we're already looking at about 11,000-ish for that month of revenue. Whereas we were looking at a thousand before, so that that was a clear win. Now, so we're we're not even getting into the workshop yet, okay? Because I want to see what kind of impact having the workshop would have on this. So, middle of March, I launched this new workshop, and again, we had a discount for those who became members. So I knew it was going to lead to more uh, memberships, but I also was expecting it was going to lead to more cancellations. Well, not necessarily on the cancellations. 100 on the dot, new members during March. 12 have since canceled. So after that first month, you'd think that a lot of those people, because basically if you want to look at, um, I mean, you can't really compare it apples to apples to February because February had that boost from um, from that from that webinar, where 38 came from that webinar for, for the experiment. April so far, we've had 44 new members, completely uninfluenced. Well, mostly there were like a few down April 1st, but almost completely uninfluenced by the workshop. So 44 new members is, and it's not even complete. But so that's somewhere in the neighborhood of I think our new baseline is about 40 ish, 40 to 50. So in March. 50 to 60 new members came as a result of the, the, the new workshop format on top of these other 40 or so, 40 to 50, who joined um, naturally. So, and 12 have since canceled. Give me an 88 net. So 88, again, doing some math, we'll say that 20 of those people are annual 20 times, oh man, we're doing some tough math now. Um, somewhere around 16,000 just, just for the annual. And then um, we'll say another 70-ish. Wow. So in other words, we're looking at somewhere like $23,000 just from that month. So double February. That's some really rough math. So not quite double February because based on the number of sales, it just isn't true. But 
that resulted from that new workshop. And that, that doesn't even include the workshop sales, but we're talking about the monthly recurring revenue that started just that month. And then April at 44, um, that were not yet complete. So I give you these numbers because, you know, I, I was a little unsure about what would happen. Um, I was a little unsure about going away from the, um, uh, the, the course format. Now, I'm, I am still selling courses. I'm going to get to the point where I completely cut it off because I'm not really actively promoting them that much. Uh, people still buy them every day. But I will get to the point where I cut them off where I, I just don't need them anymore. Or they're just so outdated. It's just like, that's uh, enough. Um, and, and where the, the membership format just takes over. But if you're thinking about, you know, what model works for you, now, I do think it's going to help to get to some sort of critical mass, okay? Um, so I think taking an approach like I did is, is pretty smart, too, where you start with um, the, the courses just to get an idea, you know, just to get some revenue coming in and um, get some customers. But, you know, I've heard, of, I've talked to a lot of people who are looking at doing a membership, like how much traffic you get. Oh, like a thousand people per month. Good luck, man. You're going to try to convert those people because, look, I'm still getting 200,000-ish people coming to my website every month. And it's resulting in I've got 300 members right now. Now, I, I might, maybe I could do a better job converting them. I'm sure. But 300 out of 200,000 is a small number uh, converting to a membership. And that's not, uh, that's, that's, that's not even accurate. So out of 200,000, again, April, we've got like 44. So 44 out of 200,000. That's a very small percentage. So anyway, point being, though, this, this isn't just for the month. It's for the year. It's for the future. Could be beyond the year. This is monthly recurring revenue that could go on for several years once you get got them on the books. So um, that's a little background on what I've been doing. I'd love to hear what you're doing. If you have any ideas, if you've been doing memberships, um, if you've got any, uh, you know, anything else that you can add to that conversation, give me a shout on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash John Loomer Digital. Tweet me at John Loomer. Whatever, man. Whatever it takes. Asshole. All right. Well, I've called over our very helpful um, bartender. And I've, I'm taking the tab for you again today. You cheapskate. That's okay. You'll get me one of these days. When we're, we meet at a conference one of these days, you can take it or we can split, go Dutch or something like that. Um, but whatever. But I appreciate you being on. Um, definitely check us out now. So, johnlumber.com slash PHC. First of all, if you keep hearing me talk about the Power Hitters Club, I'll give you as a listener of the pubcast you can get $10 off per month if you go month to month or $100 off per year if you go annual if you use the promo code PUB10 it's PUB10 um, otherwise go to, make, make sure you check out my Facebook page facebook.com slash John Lumber Digital and look at the latest video let me know what you think of it go to YouTube John Loomer, youtube.com slash John Loomer. You'll see there's very little uh, engagement on that post, on that video. Let me know what you prefer, if you have any thoughts on that. So that's about all for, for today. But we'll be back next week. I hope to have my man John Robinson. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to turn that one into video. 
But otherwise, until next time, do awesome things. I'm out.